Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and you're all around hiring gurus. So give me a call, okay? Um, so it, so I'm not always a recruiter, and so I'm putting on my podcast host hat today. And so today on the show, I'd like to welcome Ellen Lykend, a corporate marketing executive turned entrepreneur. She's the founder and CEO of Poker Divas, a company that uses poker strategies to teach business lessons. Poker Divas is an interactive corporate team building and executive training program which helps women and men learn to go after what they want in business and in life through the strategic fun and excitement of poker. Ellen's mission is to show how the strategies of poker can be applied to winning in business and to and, and in life. So welcome to the show, Ellen. But before you say anything, we have a little surprise for you. We're gonna have some fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, hit it, Trey. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. <laughs> Could and not no help true myself. Awards, right? No true awards were ever said. <laughs> We've been, we started singing that song earlier, and I'm like, we've got to bring that into the show. That would be so much fun. So right. that was just for you, Miss Poker Diva. Sure. So thanks for joining us today, Ellen. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. I, this is going to be such an interesting conversation. I think that it's such a unique way to teach business strategies, and I love poker. So FYI. Oh. Yeah. I'm a big Hold'em fan. I'm not good at it, but I love it. <laughs> I have, I, my face can't lie at all. So no poker face. I have no poker face. My, <laughs> one of my uh, employees told me one day, they're like, Casey, you, you, we always know what you're thinking. You can't hide it, you know, just all in your face. So anyway, um, so one of the first questions that I ask when we get started, because I believe networking is probably one of the most critical skills when it comes to finding a job or even just building out your career plan. So how did we get connected? We got connected through Anne Ryan, who used to be a client of mine at Poker Divas and who is now in a, um, a networking poker club that we have established virtually due to COVID. So it is, I, I, that is an a testament to the value of networking. Absolutely. And, and I'm just going to draw you a line. We're going to create a little spider web here real quick. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I met you because I was introduced to Anne, right? I was introduced to Anne by another lady that I met at a networking event and her name was Michelle Murter. And I like to call this out because people need to know where these connections lead. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I met Michelle through another networking organization, which was founded by the all-time master of networking. I'm sure people will recognize this name, Frank Agan. So that's yeah. quite a trail. 
that's a that's a long line, but that's how it happens. I mean, exactly. it's it's really all about connections. Absolutely. So water those plants, pour into your well, whatever you want to call it. Make sure you are building up your network before you need it. Yeah, and that's a really good point. You know, I come out of corporate, and I was not a networker. I was because mm -hmm. I everyone was always coming to me looking for me, and I that's one. If I had a do-over, I would have been much more active in networking before I needed it. Because as I went from corporate to entrepreneurship, I needed to network to build that business and to build a relationship. So whether you're looking for a job or you're looking for clients, that's really the premier way to get it. People. It's, everybody needs a network. It's all about the people. You know, I, people ask me all the time, who, who, do I need a network? Who needs a network? Everybody needs a network. Kind of like everybody needs a coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's kind of go back to that then. So as a previous specialist working in consumer marketing for like Fortune 500 companies, what led you to completely change your career and start Poker Divas? Well, I, I would love to sit here and tell you that it was very calculated, but it was it was a bit of randomness in it. So I I loved what I did in, in consumer products marketing for a very long time. I spent my whole life trained to really do that and wanting to do it. I, I, I was talked about it at the at the kitchen table every night at dinner because that's what my dad did. And I loved what I did until one day I didn't. And I decided I was going to take a break and experiment a little bit to see what I wanted the next phase of my career to be. And I started playing poker recreationally, which was something that I learned from my mother, believe it or not. <laughs> not your dad. <laughs> no, not my dad. In fact, he didn't play. My mother played. And I just started playing recreationally. And then I got called to do a consulting project while I was deciding, you know, what was my next move? And of course, my next move in my head was most likely going to be another corporation, right? Because that's what I knew. And then I got involved with an entrepreneur. And I said, you know, this is interesting. This is really something that I, I like a lot. Because even when I was in a corporation, I was always the innovator. I was always the entrepreneur, so to speak, within the corporation. So I started working for this entrepreneur, and I also started going to a lot of um, poker events, charity events, networking. You talk about networking. When pre-COVID, there was so much networking going on at the poker table, and I was meeting a lot of different people, and I was seeing that really there were there were not a lot of women involved. You know, it was like it was like the golf course at a corporate sales meeting. Mm -hmm. The men were on the golf course playing the game with senior management, making deals, making connections, and the women were you know in the spa getting massages and not much else. So I, I said, you know, there's a business opportunity here. And as a side, as a side idea, strictly as a side idea, I said, I'm going to start a company poker for professional women. And I did it on the side for many, many years while I continued to launch new products. And then I was working on a business that was sold for a billion dollars. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, it's time for me to do my thing entirely now and make Poker Divas my focus. And it was just, you know, it was wanting to really have something totally of my own, answering to myself, making my own rules. And, and that's what's so exciting about being an entrepreneur. I mean, there's, there's a lot of difficult things about it, too, but that's that's the upside of being an entrepreneur. Well, and I have a question. Cause, so you said you did that for a couple of years while you're still working and launching products. So how yeah. long did it take you from the point where you started it to where you went full time only with your side hustle. A while. It took about it took about seven years. So the reason I want to point that out is because I mean that's perseverance right there, and yeah. I think a lot of people expect that overnight success, and that they 
don't pour into their passion because it's too hard. It's going to take too long. They can't see the end goal. And I think really, truly, it's about the journey. Yeah. And so I would encourage people, you know, stick to it and then you can have happiness and bliss like Ellen does today, you know, because she gets to do what she loves to do. So I, I'm curious, what about poker did you think could serve as a business tool? Well, I saw it, it was, it was, you know, it was crazy because I started playing and then I started working for an entrepreneur. And the first thing that I saw was the personality aspect. You know, you can go to the same company and do the same thing, but for different people. And you have to really switch up your game, so to speak, based on who you're playing with. And that happens at the poker table too. And, and personality types at the table are so interesting as, and the same thing is true in business. I mean, you know that it's all about the people you can deal with. You know, if you have a boss who's an innovator and wants to rule the world, it's very different than having a boss who just wants to keep their job, right? And you have yes. to navigate how you're working with that person based on their their personalities. And that's the same thing at the poker table. And also it, it you know, in terms of confidence and being the better and understanding risk and being confident taking that risk, that was another huge element of the game that helped me professionally. And where that really helps you is in negotiation. And, and so slowly but surely, you know, things that were happening to me at the poker table, I said, you know, that's like what happened to me in the office. So someone speaks over me in a meeting, right? I'm sure that's happened to many of, of your listeners out there. I'm probably the one and doing said, it. No. What's that? I said, I'm probably the one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be. It's not only men that do it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's everybody. And I'd be like, you know what? That's like the person that, that tried to bully me out of my hand to the poker table last night. So, you know, it, there's constant, um, there's constant relationships, risk taking, you know, if you're not the better, if you're only the caller, the one that matches the bets, as opposed to the one putting it out there, making people pay to play with you, you're not going to win. You may survive, but you're never winning. Hmm. And so if you're, if your goal is survival, that's a fine strategy, but if you want to win, you got to be the better. Interesting. That's probably another reason why I'm not good at poker. <laughs> <laughs> but I can play online and I do okay online when nobody can see my face. A so. lot of people are like that. The, yeah. the nonverbal cue aspect of poker, which is really important live, is it takes a totally different, um, totally different dimension virtually. Absolutely. So do I need to be an expert at poker to utilize the skills in business? I'm so glad you asked that because I am not a professional poker player by any means. And you don't need to be, in fact, you don't even need to play the game. You actually just have to understand the concepts. And it is, I mean, that's what I wrote a book about, how to win in love, life, and business using the principles of poker. And, and that's what it's about. It's about using those strategies. In fact, the, the way I got to write that book is I met a woman who was the publisher of many magazines and the Gaming Law Review at, at Harvard, because Harvard actually has a poker group for their law students. And I invited myself to this activity, and there was a woman, there was a publisher, and I told her what I did in corporate, and I told her what I did with Poker Divas. And this illustrates exactly what you're asking, because you know, I'm a poker woman, and I've never even played a hand of cards. And I said, that's very telling. Because it's really, you know, this is really a mindset. It's, it's, it's more, it's a metaphor and a vehicle 
for for strategies in business. So you don't you don't have to be a good player. And the nice thing about poker, unlike tennis or golf, where no one will play with you if you are bad, right? I mean, anybody's going to play poker with you even if you are bad. They'll welcome Especially. you to the table, right? <laughs> Just go ahead and slide so, that stack no. of money over here. Exactly. Come sit by me, you know. So it's it's really no, you don't know how you just have to know the strategies. And that's what we do at our at our leadership and negotiation programs for, for the cor our corporate clients. We do teach the game, too, but it's not so much the game. It's it's the mindset. Oh, I think that would be so fun to have that. We maybe we need to see if we can get you to come do a lunch and learn or something for, um, yeah. you know, VIP, because I just I mean, we're negotiating every single day you know, right. on behalf of our candidates and then also negotiating once we get that contract. So um, I, I think these kind of skills would just be invaluable for us as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If they're, inv they're invaluable for anybody. They're really, they're really, uh, and they're skills you, and, and it's not only business, it's life as well. I mean, you're, you're negotiating not only within business, you negotiate with your family, your dry cleaner, the Uber driver, whoever it is, you're constantly in a state of negotiation. That's a really good point. That's so true. So true. So I read on your site that you have highlighted 12 poker skills that really help people succeed in business. And one of those is what you mentioned earlier was reading nonverbal clues, right? So in my world, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can imagine that's so important because body language is absolutely crucial in an interview, right? And we coach our candidates on that. But what are some telltale signs a hiring manager is engaged and interested in pursuing you as a candidate? Nonverbal cues. I, it's, you know, live is easier to tell. Mm. It's a little more tougher on, on, online, but you know, how are they engaged with you? It's the same thing that, that, you, want to, that you want to communicate to others in the, the nonverbal cues you're sending off. Are people leaning in and listening to you? Are they actively engaged with you? Are they asking follow-up questions? Mm. Um, you know, those are really are, are really key nonverbal cues. If they're looking, if they're looking through their email and they're looking at their phone and they're off into the sunset, you have to re-engage them. And I think that's a really important thing that people have to start reading nonverbal cues when they're in the interview. Because if you're not engaging that person, regardless of whether it's what you, you know, you're just answering their questions, maybe you have to you have to add something, you have to interject something to say, you know what, I'm gonna get this person's attention. I just, you know, it's a good thing I have a filter because I just had the funniest thought go through my head of a way to get their attention. I would be like, yeah, I'm Casey AC and I'm a recruiter. I, hey, I just buried a dead body this morning. <laughs> See if they... Yeah, I mean, you'll get their attention. You'll get <laughs> their attention. Saying, don't say that. I know. <laughs> but that's the thought that went through my head. It's for reals. Um, so what are some of the other, um, well, let's do this. Because I know another skill you've highlighted um, is recovering quickly from a job loss. And job rejection is horrible. And people tend to get a little beat down when it keeps, you know, it keeps happening. And, you know, and I dealt with one candidate that when I first started working, this was a while back, back when the job market was not what it is today. Um, but when we started working together, he was just, he was upbeat, right? And he was fine. And then a year went by and he wasn't, and he was very high level. So, you know, those jobs are fewer and far between, but he was getting so despondent and so desperate and just angry. And that would come across when he was talking to me, it would come across when he would go on interviews. And I'm like, you've got to stop this. You have got to change this mindset. You are not never going to get a job if you go in there with this droopy face on. So 
Um, so what is some advice you share with a group to help them overcome this feeling of rejection? Well, I think you hit on a key one, Casey, and that is mindset. Hmm. You, you know, there's no, there's no getting around the fact that it's disappointing. You know, if you're, you're not finding a job for a year, anybody would feel badly about that. I think people have to accept that. And, you know, it's a rare person that's going to get over that so quickly. But the mindset is a key thing. And part of it is, is going back and recognizing all the things that you've done, all your accomplishments. Mm. You know you're good. You know you're successful. You know your worth. We talk a lot about this knowing your worth and your value. And, and just reinforcing that with yourself and, and knowing that, you know, it, this is one point in time. And eventually it'll be another point in time where you will have what you want. And just keeping that mindset, you know, I hate to say positive mindset, but but confident. I'll say a confident mindset where you don't let the negative overtake what you really what you really bring to the table. That's a key component. You know, it's it's like a bad beat. You know, you you lose something you should have won. It's hard to get over that, but there will be a time where you you're the you win. You have to and you have to get into that mindset of playing to win as opposed to avoid losing. And if you can get into that mindset too, I think that helps you get over this feeling of defeat. I think that's beautiful. And I love that you keep bringing it back to mindset because that's really at the end of the day, um, even though we give you all these tips on how to write a beautiful resume and how to optimize your LinkedIn, at the end of the day, the best advice that we give to our audience is to get your mindset right. And if that yeah. means you need to get a coach, get a coach. I yeah. think that coaches are, so important to, you know, helping with you get out of your own way, right? Um, but I, I truly believe that mindset, if, if that one piece, that building block, that foundation isn't right, it, nothing yeah. else we tell you is going to help. Right. And people pick up on that. And, and the re I mean, I've been there. I mean, I, I, I wasn't always as, as adept at getting over these bad beats quickly. You know, I used to, I used to, you know, mull around in that negativity too. And that's, and that's the, the best thing you can do is once people pick that up. Mm -hmm. So just, just getting in the right mindset, whether it is a coach or it is a book, whatever it is, people that know how great you are, that are building you up, that changes your mindset and people pick up on that. Absolutely. But you need to be your biggest champion, right? Yes. Agree. Agree a hundred percent. And, so and, and this is a particular this is a particular situation we see with women um, because we have we have been raised, told um, and experienced that, we, you know, and experienced the feeling of what happens when we brag or we advocate for ourselves. We have to be your own advocate. It absolutely. would be nice if the world was set up where everyone else advocated for you. But until that happens, we need to do it for ourselves. I 100% agree. You know, my whole world changed when I started standing up and, and it's not like I'm kind of a diva. I'm going to call myself a diva, but, but it's not like okay. I do it obnoxiously, but playing small is, doesn't serve anyone. It's if I were playing small right now, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be doing all the media tours that I'm doing and I wouldn't be helping people, you know? And so I have to tell people, Hey, I have a podcast, you know? I, yeah. I do, I do all these things and I'm recognized because of it, you know, but I have to tell people that and I, I'm not going to play small anymore. And I encourage everybody out there. Don't play small. Take those risks. Like she said, you need to bet if you're going to win. Right. So, Be the bet. 
Yeah. Um, Play to win. Exactly. Bet on yourself also. That's a key. You know, bet on oh, you. That's good. If you can't bet on you, no one's betting on you. That is really good. I like that. I bet you have a bunch of those. <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> so when looking for a new job, um, you mentioned this earlier, negotiation is a crucial skill to have when we negotiate with everything in life. Um, in your negotiation program that you do, what is one common mistake you see participants make and how do you help them to become an expert negotiator? People are afraid that if they ask for more, they're not going to be liked. They're going to seem greedy. No one's go or or they're going to get a no. And that stands in people's ways. And and that again goes back to mindset. But that's something that you can fix before you go in, knowing that it's okay to ask for more. It's okay to ask for what you're worth, and that people almost expect that from you. Because think about it: if you go into a new job, they're going to want you to negotiate for the company, right? Later on. So if you can't negotiate for yourself, they may even, it may even actually work to your disadvantage not to negotiate. You may, because the people's, you know, she's not going to negotiate for me if she can't negotiate for herself. So that, that's a, a key element of, of how to feel good about asking for more and, and actually doing it. Well, and if you're afraid of getting a no, if you don't ask, it's definitely a no. Right. So exactly. You got to ask the questions. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your book, Poker Woman, How to Win at Love, Life and Business Using the Principles of Poker. Yes. So the, um, the book again, you know, it's, it's metaphoric using, using principles of poker on how to be better in business. Um, and it, and as I said before, it, it's, it's about your life too. You know, there, there are life lessons, understanding the different personalities, knowing when, you know, you played, you played, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold. Well, that is a huge component of poker business and life, knowing when to, when we talk about this in one module of our negotiation course, the bold system, uh, it is when to get out, you know, when to take the offer and when to get out. So I've been in many situations, both personally and professionally, where I stayed too long, mm. you know, and, and what happens, sometimes people give you like a little crumb. They give you a little crumb and you say, oh, I'll stay a little bit longer and I'm gonna see how it works out. Well, that is not designing your, your life or your business, that's letting it, it, it actually just happen to you. Exactly. And, and that, that is a, that's a key learning, whether, whether you're, you're playing cards or you're in life or whether you're in business, it's, it's making, you know, and, and getting out, if it's not working, it's okay to leave, you know, in your, in, in, in a job situation, as an example, sometimes, you know, people will, they won't, call you back. They say, they say you're going to be one title, then they change their mind. You're going to be another title. We had this with one of the women who took the course. They changed the salary on her midstream. And this was protracted over three months. It was a pretty senior position and it was beating her down. Mm. And it, finally, she's just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not, it may happen, but it's most likely not going to. And she put her energies into what the, where the odds were good, where she could be successful and she was she got something a couple of months later so knowing when to fold is a critical component and knowing also when to take the offer you know when you it's as good as it gets yes and once you've made a decision you know poker is about 
gathering information and making decisions. And sometimes you don't have perfect information. Sometimes you have very limited information, but just making a decision, that's key. Are you in or are you out? That is very key. And I think that is so true. Um, and especially for your um, participant that went those three months, I would encourage people, a little off topic, this isn't poker related, but I think it's important. If you should be judging a company that you're interviewing with by their interview process. If they are dragging the, her along for that length of time, plus changing the rules along the way, is that really a company you want to be working for? That's a really no. good telltale sign. And you know, that happened to me. I went to work for a company and in hindsight, I knew very quickly once I was there, it wasn't a match, but in hindsight, the inter they were always late for the interviews. I mean, very late, not five minutes, like an hour. Oh my gosh. They had me come back so many times. It was so many people. Everybody was always running late. And it was, it was, that was the culture of the company. Mm. I eventually went there. But it, it was not a fit because the culture of the company just wasn't right. But I didn't know that then. You know, it's, you don't know everything exactly. until it happens to you. Exactly. So, man, this has been so much fun. I have really enjoyed your different outlook on how to use these strategies. Now, everybody, again, the name of her book is Poker Woman, How to Win at Love life and business using the principles of poker. And I bet men can get some stuff out of this too. Oh, absolutely. And about 40% of the participants of our program are men. I mean, just because, you know, women have been living in a male centric environment for a very long time. So men, men can be comfortable with a female centric brand too. And it's, it's a very interesting gender dynamic at the poker table, whether it's virtual or live between, between the genders. One, one group is extraordinarily aggressive with their chip and one group is extraordinarily good at reading people and you can decide who's who, but you need both to be good in poker and both to be good in business. So yes, men will absolutely, and they enjoy it. Men enjoy it. That is so much fun. So much fun. I'm going to have to check into signing up for one of your courses. I need to get better at poker. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get you better at business and then we'll get you poker on the side. I'm going to need business too. We just started a new business. Oh. So that I, I, anyway long story not my you're the guest so let me get to our vip questions so i i love this um i love to hear how people answer and how they interpret the questions so here we go okay, okay. if you were one of the first colonists on mars what three things or people would you take with you i was going to be there alone just with the people i bring hmm? all right i'm going to say i'm going to interpret it that way and i'm going to say i would bring a lot of chocolate. <laughs> I would bring my dog and I would bring a chef with a very good personality because I hate to cook. Oh, there you go. That's great. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe romance will bloom. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. What is one thing you do each day to, or each morning to set your day up for success? I, there's a few people I go to on Instagram and I read, and I read their, and I read their quotes. Uh, are they like inspirational quotes? Yeah, they're, they're inspirational quotes. Yeah. Awesome. And, awesome. and they're, they're both, they're not only business related, but they're also, they're also life related. And it's just, it's just a good, it's quick. It's, I don't mm -hmm. spend a lot of time with it, but it's a good, it's a good way to kick off the day. I like that. Started it off with a little inspiration. So yeah. All right, my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, 
what would the headline be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say, find your seat at the table and get up and leave if you don't like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm surprised you didn't start singing the Kenny Rogers song again. You know, <laughs> rules no, for life, no. man. Rules for life. So, oh, this has been so much fun. So how do people find you if they want to sign up for your course? Oh, okay. Well, the the course is the Bold System program. You can you can check it out at the Bold System program, or you can you can contact um, me, Ellen, at Poker Divas, um, and the contact information is at PokerDivas.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and 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 just to clarify, the the course. You know, our corporate programs are more team focused, but the course is about you, how to negotiate for yourself and win, because we're so good at negotiating for others, but not for us. Absolutely. So that's for individuals who wanted, we want to do it for ourselves. I'm so tempted to go sign up right now. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have you. Oh my goodness. This has been so much fun. So um, yeah. unfortunately we're running out of time, but I do have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Well, thank you. And thanks so much for having me, Casey. This is great. Your, your podcast is amazing. And I'm very flattered to be a part of it. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.